Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. When we talk about California politics over the last few decades, there's one person who has just dominated the scene. He has become the most curious political figure in American politics. Jerry Brown. He's been retired for about a year now, but before that, governor of California for 16 years. What can we get by the fact that I'm governor? I was looking for things that would not have happened but for my being there. Three-time presidential candidate. Jerry Brown got up, up there and he made this great speech on the environment. And, oh, they were cheering and roaring and cheering. He ran for Senate twice. And if that isn't overachiever enough, he also served for eight years as the mayor of Oakland. I like being mayor in some respects more than governor. Which is what we're going to learn more about today. Hey guys, I'm Olivia Allen Price and this is Bay Curious. Today we're digging in on one of the most impactful politicians in state history and looking at how Jerry Brown's legacy plays out in Oakland these days. And I'll tell you, it's complicated. Stick around. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. When you think about Jerry Brown, what comes to mind? Confidence and power. This is Devin Kadiyama. He hosts a podcast at KQED called The Bay. This is a guy who's been around for a long time. And if you have been in California any amount of time, you probably know Jerry Brown's name. Now, when I first moved to California, 
I knew of Jerry Brown, but mostly for like what he had done on the national political stage. But I didn't know as much about what he had done in California or how he was mayor of Oakland for two terms in the late 90s and early 2000s. So this is where things get complicated with Jerry Brown's legacy, because a lot of things he did for Oakland did create the, the vibrant downtown that we see today, but it also set up the problems around displacement and gentrification we're also seeing today. This is something that I talked with Guy Maserati about. He's KQED's politics reporter. So I would say the story of Jerry Brown in Oakland starts the same as many Jerry Brown stories. He's always looking for a new office to run for. And we should say Guy is part of the team behind a new podcast called The Political Mind of Jerry Brown. We'll listen to the rest of Devin and Guy's conversation now. So this is in the early 90s. He had just lost the presidential campaign uh, to Bill Clinton. He's looking for the next job and the next way to get back in the game. So he moves to Oakland. Live from Oakland, California, it's We the People with Jerry Brown. He starts this radio show. Welcome to another edition of We the People. This is a radio program dedicated to exposing the follies of the political class that privileged and arrogant group that runs our country like a private club. And he sets up shop in Oakland and starts putting out feelers, doesn't know what office he's going to run for, but ultimately decides he's going to run for mayor. And at that point, this is a guy who spent eight years as the governor of California. He'd already run for president three times. He's run for the Senate. He'd had a long political career before he ever stepped foot in Oakland. Do you know what was going on? in Oakland at that time when, when Jerry Brown came and decided to, to run for mayor? I mean, I would say Oakland, like many cities in the 80s and 90s, was, you could maybe say, down on its luck. When you look at downtown Oakland, never really recovered from the 89 earthquake. Um, and there really was a hole in terms of business and development downtown that existed before Jerry Brown got there. So in 1998, he was up against 10 candidates. And previous mayors up until that point had been black for years. Brown appears poised to take over an office that has been held by African-Americans for almost 20 years. Obviously, Brown is this white guy. So why did his message resonate with, with people in Oakland at the time? The way he puts it is it had a lot to do with name ID. This was something that if you were a voter in Oakland, you probably had seen Jerry Brown on a ballot a few times before this. I felt confident that unknown African-American candidates didn't have much of a chance. Because you can't beat somebody with nobody. People knew who he was. He comes from a historic family in democratic politics. And as we know, Oakland is a democratic city. You know, in politics, a lot of times, if you see someone that you know, that may be all the difference it makes to vote for that person. That's why you vote, yeah. Jerry Brown won the 1998 mayor's race, and he won it really big. He beat his closest opponent by more than 40 percentage points. And he used his popularity immediately to make sure that he could govern his way. So before he was inaugurated, he put forward this ballot measure to make Oakland's mayor a strong mayor, which really gave him control over departments and made him something more than just another voice on the city council. As he put it, he didn't want to have to sit in public comment. I don't want to sit there five or six hours. It's not my thing. Just sitting there looking, listening. No, I didn't want to do that. Critics would say, that's your job as a public that's official. It's a democracy. It's yeah. a democracy. You're going to have to hear from residents. This is how you do it. He felt like the way I'll hear from residents is by walking around the city and interacting with them on my own time. I don't need to, you know, show up at city council every Tuesday. Brown likes to tell stories about his on-the-ground, face-to-face interactions during his time as mayor. For example, he'd get coffee with someone and try to convince them to let construction go up near their home. Or he'd go to a government office to push a permit through. 
and he used this approach to accomplish his biggest priorities as mayor. Jerry Brown ran on three big promises. Fix up Oakland schools, reduce crime, and spur more development, bring more people downtown. Those are all three issues that still exist in Oakland today. There are still issues with the schools. Obviously, OPD has been in scandals years before, years since. And development and the ramifications of development, i.e. gentrification, are, is still a debate going on in Oakland today. Okay, so let's talk about these three main issues. Starting with schools, what did Mayor Jerry Brown do for schools? His first solution was, I'm going to take more control over how the district is run. Usually the mayor, there's some separation in how the mayor and the school district work. He felt like, I got to get my hands around this by getting more hands on. So he put forward another ballot measure, got it approved to be able to appoint three members to the Board of Education. No other mayor in California had that power at that time. But this was a political miscalculation because three members still didn't give him a majority. So Mm. he wasn't really able to make that much difference at the board. It was still kind of the Jerry Brown faction on the school board versus the non-Jerry Brown faction. So after that didn't work, he felt like, okay, forget this, forget the school district. I'm going to create my own school. So he created the Oakland Military Institute and the School for the Arts. And then he really focused his energies on his own two charter schools. We're going to give them the best. Uh, They're going to have field trips to Stanford, uh, to University of California, uh, to the museum, to the ballet, to the symphony, to the high-tech companies. These are going to be the most privileged children in Oakland. And so did charter schools exist at the time, or did they start to exist under Jerry Brown? Charter schools had already existed, but I think it's so rare for a mayor, a sitting mayor, to almost bypass what the district is doing because there is so much tension, and still is, between the school district and charter schools. And basically to abandon any initiatives he had going with the district and say, I'm going to focus my energy on my schools. I believe that if 10% of the students of Oakland move out into excellent charter schools, that that pressure, that loss of $5,000 a kid will create a wake-up call that will enable the superintendent and the board finally to come together and work through the incredible Byzantine set of rules and regulations and relationships that have made it dysfunctional for over two decades. The second big priority that Jerry Brown had as mayor was reduce crime in the city. That was something I wanted to have less crime. When you have four times the crime rate of most major cities. What was his idea to do that? Well, I think it really stemmed from what we saw in a lot of American cities in the 90s was get more crime data and also get more kind of tougher policing. You know, he in our interviews, he mentioned admiring the work that William Bratton was doing in New York City. And I think that was very controversial. We can get the whole stop and frisk history there. But he was definitely a supporter of the Oakland Police Department and felt like as he described it, this is a war. It's a war. I mean, the, the, the cops are under, under they're, they're being shot at. So Jerry Brown, as he was mayor, he was living right in the city with no security detail. He was walking around, and as he puts it, like, I would rather be more safe than less safe. And I think that went into how he governed and especially how he governed around public safety. I mean, he was riding around with cops on ride-alongs. He would hold these town halls where he would talk to people and try to figure out what they wanted to see. And as he put it, A lot of people would say, we want more police. We want more safety. There's too much crime. So we got both messages. We need more police protection. And by the way, the police are harassing African-American men. And while Brown acknowledges that he heard from both sides, it's definitely clear where his sympathies lay, which was with the Oakland Police Department and the aggressive work that they were doing to cut down crime. 
while crime was going down, there were still a lot of people, even at the time, who were critical of how the Oakland Police Department was operating. I talked to former Councilwoman Nancy Nadell, and she brings up one of the biggest scandals that happened under Brown's watch in 2000, which was the Ryder scandal. The recent incident of four rogue cops known as the Riders, who allegedly assaulted citizens and planted evidence, further inflamed a volatile situation. So these were Oakland police officers who were indicted for beating up civilians, planting evidence, falsifying police reports. And what critics of Brown have said was, look, these weren't just a few rogue police officers who went off and did their own thing. This was a culture that was established where the ends justified the means and the riders were just the ones who got caught. And there were other police who were engaged in this activity. Nancy Nadell, former councilwoman, was telling me they were brought, you know, excessive force cases again and again in front of the council and that this was just a culture that came out of it. Well, when you look at the Oakland Police Department now, people are still up in arms about the, the infractions that are happening and the, and the problems within the department. It does not have a good reputation. So you mentioned you mentioned some of the numbers are down, but, but there are still like systemic problems in the department. Right. And I think he might say... I didn't promise to fix the systemic problems in the department. I promised to bring crime down, and crime went down when he was mayor. There's no doubt about that. I think in subsequent years, you've had mayors who realize politically they have to voice the concerns of Oakland residents with the Oakland Police Department. You've seen that with Libby Schaap. I mean, she's not afraid to take on the department and really call it out for systemic cultural issues in a way that Jerry Brown never did. When you see how hard the work is of law enforcement officers, how they put their lives on the line, how dangerous it is, you can become insensitive to just how destructive uh, that bad culture and those few bad apples that can infect a whole lot more apples can be. The third and possibly biggest priority of Jerry Brown as mayor was housing and developing downtown. And the way Jerry Brown phrased this plan to bring in development was 10K, bringing 10,000 new people to downtown Oakland. Brown's goal is to lure 10,000 new residents to downtown to attract new businesses. And the way he was going to do that was build housing, specifically, as he puts it, market rate housing. So how did Jerry Brown think he was going to attract all this money and all these people to Oakland? Well, I think part of it was just wielding his personality. We would try to get meetings with the real decision makers who invest in Oakland. And we'd have the mayor with us. We'd have the head of economic development. We'd have the city manager. Forget it. You could not get a meeting. Now you have Jerry Brown. They all want to meet Jerry Brown. I should point out that a lot of development has nothing to do with who's in office. This was while the tech boom was happening and people and jobs were coming into the Bay Area. And there was just more money around in the region and more people that who could afford market rate housing. That has nothing to do with who's mayor. But I think it fed into Jerry Brown's plan and that he was really laser focused on development. There weren't, you know, part of it is having such few priorities, having these real three priorities allowed him to really dig in and say, like, all my effort is going to go into making this development happen. So where did affordable housing fit into his picture? I don't think it fit into his picture, quite frankly. That's I so think... crazy to think about how it can't fit into the picture, but now it's all we talk about. I didn't want to subsidize people to come in who had no surplus money because then that, they would just live in their little apartments. They wouldn't have any money to spend, and so there wouldn't be much visible economic activity. And I think that really shows how much Oakland has changed 
politically uh, since Jerry Brown has left. But even when Jerry Brown was mayor, there were still people pushing him and saying, why aren't you doing more to set aside units for affordable housing? If you're bringing the money in, why not make sure that with each development there are units set aside that are affordable? Critics say there's still not enough affordable housing and money should be spent on the neighborhood. In fact, in his last year as mayor, he blocked a measure that would have done inclusionary housing in Oakland, basically setting aside those affordable units. I mean, he tells the story of running into a woman coming off a plane, and she said, why are you throwing all the black people out of Oakland? And he said, I'm not doing that, as if, like, I'm not personally doing that, which, yes, true, the mayor is not personally evicting people or gentrifying the city. But I think he didn't connect or didn't feel like it was his job to connect the larger structural changes that were happening because of his insistence, or maybe in part because of his insistence on market rate housing, with the fact that these changes were happening for longtime Oakland residents. If you were to walk around Oakland today, where can you see the most visible results of Jerry Brown's policies while he was mayor of Oakland? You got to go uptown. I mean, look at the uptown development, both in housing and the Fox Theater. The Fox Theater was something that Brown saw as a priority, kind of the crown jewel of uptown. Um, And he used redevelopment money to get that done. And it's a beautiful, it had been a beautiful theater for years that was revitalized in his tenure. And that's the area where you can most see the Oakland that Jerry Brown wanted, which, as he put it, was an Oakland that would be more like Paris or New York City. If Oakland could only be Paris. He looks back on his tenure, unlike you know, some of his his issues that came up in the governor's office where he has reflected and said, maybe I should have done this differently. That's not the case in Oakland. And the ultimate conclusion that he arrives on, and this is a very political mind uh, conclusion, is that I was very popular. The fact is the overwhelming majority, by a huge amount, liked what I was doing and continue to like it. Your episode on, on Oakland what do you think their reaction is going to be when we when they hear about the three main priorities, education, policing, and housing and development, that he really took on? And when they look at Oakland today, what do you think they're going to, what do you think the reactions are going to be from people? I think people might hear the way that he talks about those issues as being maybe crass or maybe out of touch with the way we talk about issues like that in Oakland today. But I think going back to the way he ran, he made real concrete promises and delivered on them. And he, he governed in a way that was controversial and still is controversial, but he did enact what he promised to do while he ran. And that's how he concludes it is really in a political fashion. Like, can't blame me because I was really transparent about what I wanted to accomplish and I went ahead and did it. That was Devin Kadiyama, host of KQED's The Bay, interviewing Guy Maserati, a producer for KQED's newest podcast, The Political Mind of Jerry Brown. You can find both in the same place you get Bay Curious. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price, and I'll see you next week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? 
Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.